Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast we talk about the best books in the X-Men line. I'm your host, the no longer sinister. Everything's been taken out. That's what Forge told me. I'm the no longer sinister Nick, accompanied by my wonderful co-host, co-pilot. And I'm your co-pilot, but I don't share your belief. This is this is Josh, everyone. And I fear I have this just nagging fear that maybe I am still a little sinister. It might be you realizing you've always been a piece of shit. Could it be? Could it be? And could it be easier than like taking ownership for that? I just blame it on Sinister? Maybe. <laughs> it Maybe could be, it, it could be, be that. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. But We'll today, cross guys... that narcissistic bridge when we get there. <laughs> <laughs> so today, guys, we have some a, fin- a whole stack of fantastic books to go over. We're really? covering X-Men number 21, number 22, Immortal X-Men number 11, and X-Men Red number 11, and also Fall of was it called the fall of the x-men it's uh sons of x it's sons before, of x. it's yeah it's called so like the little era we're in right now is before the fall yes so we have all these great books to cover i cannot wait before we get to it we oh, did get up? some fun uh merchandise news they announced this week we were getting a um one-in-one scale magneto helmet from the animated series oh my god that's right yep i uh i ordered that already and that's Hasbro, right? They're putting that out. Yeah, that's so crazy. Are it you was... gonna? So I think when you get it, maybe we should do. Maybe that should be our first ever video episode. You just wear that helmet. <laughs> we do the. We do at least at least a short podcast, and yeah. then we put the and we we make that video available. I'm done with that. Um, also, this week, what came in the mail for me and anyone else who pre-ordered it on Amazon is oh, the yeah. recent wave of X Men figures. I personally got the. Astonishing X-Men era Cyclops and Emma Frost, and they both look fantastic. They did look good in those pictures, yes. Yeah, really, really good figures. I'm happy with those. Uh, somewhat related, you'll be getting your birthday gift soon. Uh-oh. That's only what it is yet, of course, but you should get it tomorrow. All right. Hey, yep. that's As we're recording this, that is when my birthday is. So. Yep. So when you guys are listening to this, uh, you can mentally say happy birthday to him in the past. You know, go through a time tunnel and say happy birthday. Well, yeah, I appreciate I appreciate um, out of time birthday wishes, right? Yeah, asynchronous birthday wishes. <laughs> and also, you might not know this. Um, I'm almost done with Dark Web. Have you gotten to that yet? I haven't. No, but I have. Um, I have spoiled the premise of it for myself, so like I know what happens, or at okay, least so I know what happens know stupid, with the X Men. Right? Yes, you know why it's stupid, though, right? Um, tell me why it's stupid. So, for people who don't know, in in Dark Web, two characters who have a lack of memories and happen to be evil team up: Madeline Pryor and Ben Riley Spider Man, who's now going by Chasm. And they both have an issue of because they don't have the memories that they should have, they feel incomplete and they're going crazy and unleashing hell from all limbo and whatever, whatever. What makes it stupid is Jean Grey has solved this issue. By copying her memories to Madeline Pryor. Yeah, that's what I heard about. Yeah, yeah, psychically copying her memories. Okay, that makes sense. That's fine. Then they go take care of Chasm, a.k.a. Ben Riley, and they don't use that power. They didn't just go, hey, Chasm, calm down. We're just going to copy Peter's memories onto your brain and you're safe. They didn't even offer that. They literally solved the problem on one issue and then forgot how they solved it in the next. Because I don't think... 
And again, I'm not reading it. So this is just my understanding of where things are in the universe, right? So my understanding is Jean gives Madeline back the memories that Jean took in Inferno, which were basically yeah. her life with baby Cable, their marriage. And then she also gave her the memory of raising Cable. Yeah. With Peter and Ben, I don't think Peter, like, there's not certain memories that Peter has of a life that Ben would have had. Cause like what Ben's missing are his memories with what's her face. Hallow's Eve chick. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but when he became chasm, it's because they actually, the, the company like took all his memories of being Peter Parker. Like he doesn't have the missing with him is from the whole great power responsibility shit. Like mm, the character yeah. of Peter is not in his I memory. See. Okay. So okay. like, because when I that one. <laughs> when I last read Ben Riley, mm. all he was missing was who he was, like where like his life recently with with what what's her face? Yeah, and the Nick Spencer run, it seemed like they took they just all of it, it yeah. out. Yeah, okay. So like he yeah. lost that moral compass to yeah. be Peter Parker. So like I'm looking at this going like just copy copy Peter's memory. He's right there, but no, we're all gonna fight him instead. It was weird. I'm losing faith in Zeb Wells. Is more it because is it because Peter Parker refused to identify himself as Spider-Man? No, I mean honestly, especially if you're a telepath, you could just kind of do it. <laughs> like and and it would be very much in character for Gene Gray to just do it. We'll get to some stuff with that, but yes, it would be very in character. Uh, I don't actually know if we talked about on the show that Jean Gray is getting her own comic. We didn't because I, I think it happened while I was doing the conference. So yes, if we've gone for a minute. Yeah. Uh, someone has a work life that pays the bills, so he had to go be responsible. Yeah, I know. Can you believe it? Yeah, ridiculous. Um, yeah, so there's a Jean Grey miniseries coming out written by Louis Simonson, if I'm not mistaken, right? Isn't isn't Weezy writing it? I'm pretty sure Weezy's writing it. Um, And yeah, I'm very excited for that, especially given what's happening in uh, X-Men right now. Yes, because it takes place. If my if my knowledge is correct, it takes place now. Like it's not like a Jean Grey, like some miniseries set in the past or something. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. part of the Krakoa shit. Okay, nice. So let's get to all that Krakoa shit right let's now. Let's get to the let let's get to the Krakoa shit of it all. Please, let's start off with X Men number twenty one. I'd be happy to. So, um. <laughs> We open X Men Twenty One in in like basically right where we left off in X Men Twenty, which is Forge and Mon and Monet are inside the vacant head of a celestial that they have uh, taken from nowhere and turned into some kind of portal type. Like it's some kind of super fancy base now <laughs> that yeah. they've created. Um. And so they are basically like, hey, uh, this call out uh, to the X-Men. We're ready to come home if you can hear us. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Jean Grey is fighting Nightmare because he decided he was going to get revenge on Jean Grey for showing him up like a little punk uh, back in Halloween. Um, and so by doing that, he broke the psychic connection brew had with a lot of the brood and created a, a galaxy wide fucking genocidal event with the brood just for uh, the lulls, you know, 
and, and yeah, just to get back at Jean Grey. And then Jean Grey just whoops his fucking ass again because he's fucking around with an Omega Omega mutant. He doesn't <laughs> like, seem to get that. He's not getting that she is like she's gone back to like she's not in Marvel Girl outfit anymore. I forget when that happened, but like Jean Grey I, is I think the beginning her, of this run. She did right? that. Yeah. Like, and I'm not sure if they ever gave a reason, did they? No. Why she made the switch again? But it does seem to correspond with her getting more and more assertive as a character and being more in touch with the badass that she is. And that's exactly what she does. She puts an end to a nightmare by forcing all of the nightmares that he has created back onto him so everybody can take their revenge. And as he's being sucked down into his nightmare hell, uh, he basically foretells what is about to happen in the rest of this book, which is... By the end of the night, uh, what is two will become one, hmm. and the beginning of the fall of the mutants will begin. So, uh, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure every book we're reading has um hints to how everything comes crashing down. Oh yeah, we uh, it's all coming down, baby. It's all yeah. coming down. And so Jean is with Magic and Brew now, and she's like, uh, Magic, take us to the fight. We gotta um, we gotta save people. And so all the while. Cyclops, uh, Iceman, Firestar, Sink, and I think she's going by Talon now. Uh, the original Laura Kinney. Yeah, old old lady Laura, if you will. <laughs> um, they are on a ship filled with refugees from this planet that they are trying to take to safety. This planet was attacked by the Brood, uh, but they discover that it's a Trojan horse in every single one of these. Uh, people they're saving is infected with the brood and is about to hatch. And so um, Sink takes control of the situation and he remembers uh, Polaris's powers and he blows magnetically blows the doors off of the back of the, uh, the, the spaceship they're on. And I guess holds everyone back somehow as well. Uh, science. And yeah, of course, uh, and all uh, magnetic brood- bubble classic. Oh yeah, yeah, classic, classic, po- classic Polaris and Magneto. Is wait, uh, is Polaris on the ship or no? No, no. That's how good. That's how. That's how. Like, but I wish we- then they showed like in this issue the repercussion because he said like if he uses powers that far away, like he'll yeah, age. I think he does look a little older at some point. When, like Laura is like helping him in like sit down and stuff late like. A little bit after that and it does yeah, maybe it does seem like he's very much winded and i don't think we really see him again after that too much yeah. or at least up close but yeah you're right it, it would have been cool to see an immediate payoff of like the sacrifice he just made and and that sacrifice was to basically jettison all of the people into space so that the brood all died yeah um classic and alien and then that's when cyclops is like you know enough is a fuck enough and we need to eradicate the fucking brood altogether just 100% genocide them out of the galaxy and so he and his war council of bishop uh, magic and psylocke gather because bishop has come up with a plan to basically use the husk of uh, the scarlet witch to dude yeah (laughs) basically get it to say no more no more brood. That's insane. <laughs> blink them out of existence. Um, 
So that's what that's what Bishop is is he's he's deciding why don't we just against somebody's will make a clone of them for the sole purpose of using it as a weapon and then what we kill it kill. afterwards yeah. kill the clone yeah <laughs> and so it was deadlock 2-2 with uh, and I will quote one of the abstainers or one of the nay voters here in magic yeah if Brew loses his grip on those funky fucks, then you know where to find me. But I'm outie on any Scarlet Golem plans. So, like... Wild. This is not magic. Beast. This is Bishop saying this. This, this is... this, And this is Bishop and Cyclops voting yes, and Psylocke and, and uh, Magic being like, yeah, no, that's some insane... That's an yeah. insane fucking thing you're ever you're also if you're gonna use that, like if that's a breaking case of emergency ability, don't use it on the brood. Use it on when you were fighting the eternals or whatever. Like <laughs> the, uh, you could blink out no more Orcus. Yeah. No more Nimrod. <laughs> like there's a lot more important things. Like I'm agreeing with the idea of taking out eradicating the brood. You're you're agreeing with the idea of genocide, okay? Okay, when the when we're done the issue, we'll get into a little debate. All right, <clears throat> appropriately, you can be Gene, I'll be Scott. It sounds like it. So continue, and we'll we'll get to that debate at the end. All right, so magic <laughs> is teleporting Gene and Brew, and they end up coming across Forge and Monet in their celestial head base, and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" And <laughs> Forge and Monet are like. Dude, we went on a little side quest and we created a base. What the fuck? Like, this is brilliant. And they're like, yeah, this might come in handy in, in like five minutes. Hold up. <laughs> and so and so, magic teleports them all again to uh, where Cyclops and his team are on their ship. And Cyclops is like, brew, you dumb fuck. Look out there. I thought you said you had control of these motherfuckers. <laughs> and Gene is like, um, honey, that is one of my former students you're talking to. And if there is one thing that is true and constant about Jean is she will defend her people to the fucking bitter end. <laughs> and she tells Cyclops to back the fuck up off of brew. Um, and, and he's, he basically is like, we're fucking killing him. We're fucking killing them all. My father is on the verge of death. We're fucking killing right to Bruce fucking face. He was <laughs> telekinetically rips his glasses off. Holds his powers back, which is, I remind you, and you'll learn this when we get to episode 100, is a move she did first when she was the Phoenix, when she had Phoenix level powers. That's where Jean Grey is now, is that she's holding it back with telekinesis with no Phoenix powers. It's pretty hardcore. Fucking hardcore. I cannot wait for this Jean Grey suit. This has been, this is such a fun time as a Jean Grey fan right now. If you're a fan of the X-Women in general, like, this is a good time. Oh, my God. They're killing it. Because all the best X-Men are women. Let's fucking be honest. We're getting that. They're all fucking the best. Anyway, she rips his fucking thing, his visor off, holds his power back, and tells her to look look her in the eye and tell him that he's thinking about genocide. And he says, yeah, I am. And this bitch says back to him, how very human of you. And then... She says, Brew, we getting out of here. Cyclops, Forge, Monet, Magic, Sink, Laura, old old lady Laura, uh, Bobby, and Firestar are all heading off to fight with Captain 
Marvel Gambit and Rogue and a couple others I forget now in in the in the Captain Marvel book happening. So they're basically going off to wipe out the the uh, fucking brood and Gene Magic um Gene and Brew are like mm, we're going to take this jet and we're going to go save as many brood as we can and we're going to get them back under Brew's control. And so the episode the episode the issue ends with Gene helping Brew get psychic control over a chunk of these broods and hiding them inside the newly found celestial base where they can basically live in in seclusion and hiding from her genocidal husband uh while while outside in the rest of the universe Scott just um does a lot of murder does a lot of murder <laughs> and that's, right. uh, that's that how many x's uh, i'm gonna give this one a solid five x's i give it four x's it was a very good issue i really my five it. for the next one <laughs> it's another very good one yeah so here's my thing if they were an intelligent species they I are. would think differently but they they're are not intel- they're not any different than bees but if bees were swarming the world, killing, killing people by the thousands every single day, and then hatching out of them, the country humans would get together and say, "I think we're over bees now." Pair, pair, well, yeah. If it was all happening in one contained area, this is over the universe, like where thousands of people pa- are dying. Parasites are needed. Like it's part of the, the ecosystem. Like our okay, own but, ecosystem has parasites. Yes, but if they showed. An actual nature-wise value to the they brew. do. Brew is living proof that they can be like he is different. He his mutation is that he doesn't fucking go with the hive mind, and so, so what happens? One. He becomes. That's it. All you need is one. Like he's alive. The brood are alive. They're living things. No, I'm not saying they're not living, but they're not like intelligent species. Yes, they are. They've they're just not, they're not being controlled by one person <laughs> because they're a high mind, but they are intel like they know what they need to do. They like they are able to get by in the universe. They're an empire of, of they're a race. Like they are feared across the galaxy because they are scary. because they kill everything wildly with no compassion or thinking. <laughs> they have so does Celine, and they let Celine live in Krakoa. <laughs> Celine's mutant power is a vampire. Is she, like, she, Gr- has... is she still in Grigola? No, they fucking hope killed her. <laughs> yeah, they took her out. <laughs> and then they didn't bring her back. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they didn't bring her back. They killed her and let her stay in the pit, right? <laughs> because she was controlling a bunch of kaiju to destroy uh, them. Not... She did a bad thing and that. That has nothing to do with what is needed <laughs> of her to survive. This is what they need to do to survive. Uh, at the they're risk not of doing killing. it because it's fun. They're doing it because it's how they survive. It's how they reproduce at the cost of thousands and thousands of people. The universe is filled with billions and quadrillions of people. <laughs> You're talking oh, about no. Wait- nah. I'm on Cyclops' side. That, that, that that's fair. That's the the fair. universe can survive just exactly the same without the brood, and they'd be happier for it. But you gotta know, there's no way in hell Jean Grey is going to actively participate in another goddamn genocide yeah because she, she, she already got her rocks off the last time it's fine 
that was she was under control she was not she, no, was, she was not having, in control no. she was having a, a time if you will um but she knows what happens when you have absolute power and you think you can just fucking do whatever you want yeah but again for me the 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 stopping point is the fact that the brood don't seem to be truly sentient like other races they don't travel space they don't have actual homes they build they don't have a community they they're missing a lot of the tenants that involve becoming a society i think you haven't read a lot of brood stories because they That's do they fair. do live they do live in the in the original brood saga they live in like a community they like they have like advanced technology and shit <laughs> they have their own technology yes in the original run at least i think okay. they became more mindless creatures as the years went yes, on. Yes, the but more I'm leaning at the mindless creature aspect. Yeah. I I will say I, I understand where you're coming from. I only speak though as a like from like an ecological standpoint of they have they're a it's a race. It's a it's like I wouldn't be in favor of eradicating all mosquitoes on Earth either. They play a role in the environment you know they actually play a role in the environment but like you said we all have we have diseases on the planet that kill people but if there's the disease is too powerful and kills too many people we eradicate the disease but not the cause of it we're not eradicating the mosquito we're eradicating the disease we're finding cures for it yeah but i'm equating the brood to a disease but they're not because they're living creatures on Twitter, you can give us your opinion on <laughs> should should the brood be eradicated or not. I genuinely want to hear listeners' opinion. So go on Twitter when we give our links at the end of the episode. We can do because, it right now. Okay, oh yeah, sure. So you can find me at Madman3005 and tell me exactly why I'm correct and why Josh is wrong. And you can tell me why you understand that living creatures have value <laughs> to the to the universe <laughs> at Krakoa Radio on Twitter. Yes, tell it to the families that lost their loved ones after watching eggs hatch out of their stomach. I'm not saying it's fucking fun. <laughs> All right, up to the next book. We are covering X-Men 22. But I do about... want to say real quick, though, I do like, I am very much in favor of splitting Jean and fucking Cyclops up. Yes, me too, 100%. Because Jean on her own, with whatever super level power she's at right now, fucking give that that that's some hardcore shit. If this whole fall of X leads to Gene being in charge rather than Xavier, that'll be really sick. I too. mean, yeah, maybe it's like, oh, may what if like what if now we just go back to doing what we were doing in X Men Red and Gene Gray is in charge of them? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so the original the original X Men Red. Sorry, yeah, the one by Charles Soule, yeah. <clears throat> uh, or was that yeah maybe it was yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Charles Soul, yeah oh wait no sorry Tom Taylor that's Tom yes, Taylor yes 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 yeah so we are now back at the treehouse in New York where is it him Karma yeah mm -hmm. yeah Karma is meeting up is she one of the old ladies from that yeah she's group? one of the horticultures yes they're meeting at a bench and she's giving her intel now we this is where we get the first seeds of a little bit of an issue where she tells um, the old black woman, don't know her name. She tells her, oh, Opal. you're taking Obel. Her, na her name is Opal. Obel. Um, Opal. Like the, like the gemstone. O-P-A-L. Opal. Yep. Oh, okay. Opal. Uh, Karma tells Opal that 
you should stop taking those um Krakoa medicines because they're not safe. That's all. That's all. And I forgot what was the information that she took from her. Oh, she oh, took about information the about the gates. gates. What was that? On the gates. The gates, yeah. So right off the bat, I'm like, oh boy. And at first I'm like, does she know a secret about them that they're poisonous or something? Oh no, 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 no. Then we cut to a bunch of people from Orcus, Modoc, Dr. Stasis, Nimrod, a random aim scientist, maybe, just flying around. Uh, this is I'm the assume- most comic book fucking issue. That could ever exist. This is some oh, yeah. of the most Saturday morning cartoon shit. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Like they are flying around in a shoebox looking plane above Manhattan. Modoc no is one a, notices. <laughs> no one Modoc is a floating head. Fucking Nimrod is a giant robot who's just reclined back like he's just having a leisurely timeout with friends. It's insane. It's insane. Absolutely insane, unhinged. So, their master plan in one of the types of medications that are Krakoan medication, they found a way to make a frequency that they can activate in people that basically is fight or flight. And, and they so use what it on they've pull- done. What they've done, yes, you're right about what's happening. But what they did is they they contam they they contaminate like they're not real. They didn't like do yeah, anything. I was a little unclear on that. So they contaminated yeah, they didn't do the anything source. to the medicine itself. They just got fake versions of it out. Okay. So basically, they can control mass groups of people with the right frequency, yes. and they can assumingly make the world think Krakoa medicine is not safe. Yes. Because they mention in this, it's almost a reverse of the beginning of the Krakoa era. Where they're saying how they're going to attack the mutants now. They're going to do it through economics. They're going to do it through stuff like this. The same way you can kind of view how the mutants took over. Yes. They did it kind of the legal way. The sensible way rather than just fighting. Because they know fighting is not going to get them a win. This public perception. That's how they get the win. So they're very happy with the results and the test they've been doing. In the meantime, Orcus has a new station where, hey man, we promise we're going to get your mutant abilities out of there. No more mutant issue. You're all good. So we have a young mutant, green, scaly guy, signing a paper. He gets into a room and he's like, I don't think I like the vibe of this room. And they said, well, you already signed the paper. So they immediately grab him like they're going to do experiments. And then our boy Cyclops runs up in there, ready to save this little mutant. Um, what, Am I supposed to know this doctor when he showed his face? Um. Other than, to me, it looked a lot like Forge. I'm not really sure. That's what I thought. I'm like, am I supposed to know who this is? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So right off the bat, um, Cyclops is like, hey, I punched that guy. And he's still standing, one of the security guards. That's a little weird. All right. In the meantime, Forge spits his gum out at this other doctor with a gun. And then the bubble, the gum bubble, like, expands. Yeah. And everyone's really grossed out by it. <laughs> That Which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, because it like captures yeah. the guy inside of it. And like as he's being engulfed yeah. in that bubble, he says, This is disgusting. Will I be able to breathe? <laughs> yeah, it's a very logical question, you know. So they're fighting this other security guard and realize someone's a bit different. They think he's a machine, they're confident he's a machine. So Firestar is like, let me blow him out a little bit. He has uh Wolverine's bones. 
and I think this is one of the coolest designs I've seen in a while. Yeah, this is a robot looking. with armor, but the bones of it's a sentinel with the bones of Wolverine. Yep. Really paying off that. Oh yeah, they do have a bunch of bones. Yeah, they have a bunch of fucking Wolverine samples from the times he kept jumping over there. <laughs> yeah, and fucking getting killed. So they honestly barely survive. Uh, Firestar had to like really ignite herself to blow I mean, off all goes, the mechanical bits. She goes fucking nuclear. Yeah. Oh yeah. It said like people thought it was a nuclear bomb, like yeah. radiation for a second. Um. So they barely get out with their lives. They save this young mutant who can. I think he said he can turn light into sound. Yes. Which is a weird ability that I'm sure is gonna come up eventually. It's cool. It sounds cool. It sounds like they can play with that nicely. Yeah. So in the meantime, Ford writes a letter. Basically telling Emma, I'm not living to my full potential. Yeah. Like I, I played nice for a while, and it didn't. This doesn't come off like sinister. He just wants yeah. to do more, and it seems yeah. like his time in the vault when he met the um when he was talking with uh why can't Caliban? Oh yeah, yeah. And that whole mission really like opened when, his eyes when he forced he Caliban be. to be part of a science experiment that he didn't agree to. You know what? It's like he had that little voice that uh, Beast doesn't have. Yeah. Where he's like, am I going to, am I becoming the bad guy? I don't think I like this feeling. And that's so, and that's crazy because this letter is also reading like, yeah, I, I could have done so much more, but I chose not to because I'm such a good guy. It's like, wait a minute, but you did some bad shit though. Yeah. But it does seem like right now he's almost like not asking, he's telling like, hey, just the treehouse is a good idea, but it could be used for everyone. We could end homelessness in a month. We yeah. can do all these great things if you just let me do my thing. If you agree, send Jumbo to my place, or I'm going to show up to the gala in, like, I think it's a jeans and a t-shirt or something like that. <laughs> jeans and a polo shirt. Jean shorts and a polo shirt. Yeah. Fantastic. Which is so, a throwback to his old look. His old look. So, while that's going on, finally, Cyclops asks the question. I think it was Cyclops. Oh, no, sorry. Someone else, I think Firestar asked Cyclops, uh, how many skeletons does Orcus have of Wolverine? Um, oh, actually, Forge. No, Forge asked him. Like, first of all, I want you to look at the panel where Cyclops is coming into Forge's office. Do you see the little Wolverine skeleton in the back? Oh, with a Christmas. <laughs> with Christmas, Christmas lights hat. and a little Christmas hat on? Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. So, um, but anyway, yeah, it's Forge who's like, because Cyclops is like, uh, you needed me. You called me here, and Forge is like, yeah. Um, I have a question. How many times has Logan died, and we haven't recovered his damn skeleton? Yeah. <laughs> and then Cyclops goes, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in the meantime, those monkeys that work for Orcus, um, basically, and they're calling it X Sentinels, which I like. Yeah. Um, they're basically saying, hey, we grew some human flesh. Maybe we can use that as camouflage next time and then do a little fist bump. And that's how the issue ends. Yeah, and how many they made they I think they made ten of them too, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. ten ten X Sentinels with Adamantium are coming online. So like right now, as far as we know, they only have ten of them. I don't know how many more they are producing, but yikes. And that one I gave five X's. That was just a fun, almost like the beginning of the end kind of feeling it gave me. Oh my god. Yeah, it was such like a especially with like the fight scenes, it was such like a this is like a a punch 'em up comic book 
with with just enough like story beats to be like, oh shit, this is going somewhere, huh? Yeah. So that's what we're covering. I haven't read yet, so I didn't have time. But you're gonna tell me all about it. So because this kind of like ties into some of the stuff that's happening with Mother Righteous, we're gonna talk about Sons of X, and this one kind of comes off of the heels of the last Legion book that I've already forgotten the name of it now. The man, yeah, whatever you all know, <laughs> the, the one with Nightcrawler and Legion. Um, and so it comes off those events plus the sins of sinister, which have reset them back. So like, yeah, in the new, so basically in this new timeline, Banshee has been separated from the spirit of variants and he has like, this uneasy feeling of like something feels different. I don't really know what it is. Cause like it's now never happened, but yet it's still in there. And Legion remembers that he must duel Nimrod because Nimrod got just basically hacked into Krakoa and now has Warlock being held captive, which is how they're experimenting or it's just how they're planning. I think do their experiments on the gates because now they have, because Krakoa, all of Krakoa has a little bit of warlock in it so that Doug could connect with it. Um, and so Legion with Blindfold Ruth is running a bunch of like psychic simulations of like how he could fight Nimrod. And um, he keeps losing each one of them. And this is when Mother Righteous shows up and she's like, hey, loves, um, I can help give back whatever Banji's missing and she like basically shows Banji like what it is he's feeling so they all basically see that like oh wow there was just like some other timeline that just happened and all the while everything got reset but Nightcrawler still has that deem that corrupted X gene in him that Orcus used magic to to do and so he is now under the control of Orcus and he's a monster and they've had him bamf into the offices of several prime ministers and world leaders and murder them and then bamf away. So all everyone knows is that Nightcrawler just murdered a bunch of fucking world leaders. And so is this going to explain why he's going to become Spider-Man later. <laughs> uh, you, you see why I'm ta- talking about this book, right? Yeah. <laughs> And so Legion is basically like, all right, Mother Righteous, what's your deal? Um, And she shows him that she has all this knowledge from the sins of Sinister, and she just wants to help. She's like, look, my other version of me, she spent all these times going around to get stories. She asked all these people, what is the thing they regret most? And, And she showed Legion what his was, which was, I wish I'd learned sooner that a real leader doesn't push her pool. A real leader lifts. And honestly, like on a work level, that really hit me. That really hit me hard. And I was like, all right, Legion, I I feel you. Um, And so he gets basically what she just did is gives him a, a, a message from himself to himself now about how, how he's got to help Krakoa basically overcome. Um, All the while, and I don't want to go over them, but I'll tell you you about them off air because there's like data pages, but they're like excerpts from like a book being written about the fall of X. Oh, and so like there's 
information it's basically a lot of like foreshadowing and then Caesars. like certain things being blacked out so that you're like what what's happening what um and so you mother righteous and legion and um pixie and a couple others team up and they're like all right there's no way legion is beating nimrod on his own we have to work together and mother righteous is like i got an idea and so they basically take the fight straight to orcus they mistake they just magic themselves onto the ship. Uh, Legion starts to go to fight Nimrod, or Nimrod goes to start fight Legion, I should say. And Mother Righteous just jumps in. She's like, oh, wait, Machine Man, hold on. And she puts one of those floating balls of magic that she has around her, you know, onto his forehead. And she basically just starts, like, pulling all the sto- like all the stories out of his head. So, like, when when he was made the like his how his wife like tried to like save the humanity in him but like it couldn't be saved and then mm. his wife died shortly after he he was brought back online and like all these things from like the like the original like the post x the post hox pox x-men run and she's basically sucking all these stories out of him into her like magic book if you will her her floating magic orbs and like basically putting all this like doubt into him about like you're you're more man than machine than you'd like to believe and that's why you're weak and she shows him clips of the alternate universe they just did where the avengers beat the shit out of nimrod and killed him and she's like look you can't even beat the fucking the superheroes you're 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 shitty i'm sorry you're bad (laughs) And like she's like, but I can help you. Like she literally brings Nimrod down to his knees by like getting into like his human brain. And while she's doing that, Nightcrawler, Pixie, uh, Doctor Nemesis, and the Black Knight, just for you know, MCU MCU purposes, I'm I'm guessing, um, they they beat their way through a bunch of guards and save Nightcrawler because the one the the way to bring him back is without the thing they like they know how to bring him back with without the with his cured genes and then he can be free again of of being a monster and so they're starting to escape when i always mess her name up too um margel whatever the 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 roma woman who took nightcrawler in and raised him yeah the magic woman um she uh she jumps out of nowhere to stop them because <clears throat> she is also taking something from nightcrawler at the at the end of the last run she took you know how iliana has the soul sword she made a hope sword out of night she, she took the hope out of nightcrawler and formed it into this weapon <clears throat> that is a sword because you know how much nightcrawler loves swords yeah, that's not nice. That's uh pretty messed up. Yeah. So like not only is his X gene corrupted, but his the the hope in him, the thing that makes him Kurt, is gone. And so uh Mother Righteous is like basically steals the sword from her, and then like because it was Mother Righteous that helped this woman get enough power to do this in the first place, mo- um Mother Righteous is now able to have control over her because remember she thanked her. And so Mother Righteous is like, I don't need you anymore. And she basically just sucks all of her magic away and leaves her the weak old woman and then saves the rest of the group who didn't see what she just did because they were like, 
being sucked out into space, but she saves them and is like, oh yeah, look, I saved them. And look, I have this cool new sword now. Let's go, uh, let's go kill Nightcrawler and bring him, bring him back. <laughs> and so uh, that's what they do. Um, and they also end up having to kill Dr. Nemesis because he has a corrupted mutation thing in him too, which is all of his fungus growing on his head right now and stuff. And oh, so they'd he- like kill, kill or like, Kill him so that they could bring him back on corrupted. Okay, so I wasn't sure if they the rules yet of resurrection. Like, based off the next book, we'll get to. But like, I was still unclear. This book takes place. That's why this. That's why I'm covering it now because this book takes place before Immortal X Men Eleven. Okay, cool. The events of and they specifically say that in this book too. These events take place before Immortal X Men Eleven. Okay, and so. Uh, while this happens, uh, they haven't killed Nightcrawler yet because um, they have to do a magic spell. Everyone leaves to go do some other little side mission that I haven't been talking about because it's not as important. And so now it's it's Legion and Mother Righteous alone and and the monstrous version of Nightcrawler. And they Legion's like, give me back that hope sword so I can restore my friend and then we can kill him and then he can come back and be free. And she's like, no, I don't think I will. I like this sword. And then she starts trying to attack Legion with her, like with her magic. But Legion was basically prepared for it. And Banshee, Pixie, and Lost, the the lady who controls gravity, along with um, Blindfold, were able to get the jump on Mother Righteous because, because Legion has whatever power he needs whenever he needs it. He basically was like not really there. He was in the astral plane and then he was able to get there. And and he basically steals the hope sword from Mother Righteous, gets it back into Nightcrawler. Uh, then everybody leaves, like teleports, like bamps away with Nightcrawler and Mother Righteous is left all by herself saying, fuck. Um, because now... A bunch of people know that she has ill intentions. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, I definitely want to um, go back and read that one for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely download it and read it. And so night, and now the problem is though, Nightcrawler has been reset, so he doesn't remember a lot of what just happened, hmm. and um, a lot of what he learned while he was being held captive with Orcus and shit too, like. It, there's no reset for whatever he learned while he was in his demon form. Yeah. So like he has some vague notion that he did all these murders, but he doesn't really remember doing it. And mm. so he comes back to life to learn that he was being held captive as a monster and forced to murder like eight or so world leader. Like he went on a killing spree. Like this is the, so like Orcus is doing that thing with the medicine they're also doing this part. They're make they, they infected a bunch of mutants with that magic. They they did that magic to a bunch of X genes that randomly turned a bunch of mutants into monsters that attack people. Mm-hmm. And so it started becoming like a PR thing. Oh, mutants can turn into monsters at any moment and and whatever. And Mother Righteous helped do the magic to undo that. But and while doing that, like showed legion and his crew that she's also out to get power for herself because she confesses to legion that sinister got a 
one of the sinisters got a dominion and she need and she's fucked if it's not going to be her and so <laughs> like it's all still about getting a dominion so they are confirming that one of the sinisters made it it's yes. not someone else there is one one of the they she is saying it's one of she at least thinks it's one of them okay i think i'm still leaning towards it's whoever the original is i am too yeah okay. and so and so nightcrawler's back and he's like oh fuck this really sucks and he's like really down on himself and Scott comes up to him and he's trying to like talk to him, make him feel better. And and he's like, we can help, we can make sure everyone knows this wasn't you, Kurt. Like we can undo this. And Kurt's like, no, I I can't I can't face this. I'm having like this con- this crisis now of faith and and what and all this shit. He was also in that last book having a relationship with somebody whose mutant power was to be able to paint somebody in their true form. Mm. And she painted this giant thing of uh, Nightcrawler that we didn't get to see in that book, but it made Nightcrawler weep. And in this one, we do see it. And it's a cru- it's basically a crucified Nightcrawler, but on an X with a sword going through him that looks a lot like the Hope Sword. And the Hope Sword didn't exist at that point. And then like a little baby looking Nightcrawler, like crawling down on it or whatever. Like, but he's fucking dead like so it's like, like kind of showing that like being showing that he's like a martyr <clears throat> yeah but like showing that like being an x-men or being in this world is ruining his life maybe kind of but okay. so yeah so he pulls the hope sword out of his chest because now that's just the thing he can do he just has this weapon much like the soul sword <laughs> sure yeah which i think is i love it i love it and so he basically says i i can't be here anymore scott like i'm bringing i'm part of the problem with Krakoa. I have to go deal with this how I need to deal with this and I need to go find myself and he bamps away and doesn't tell anybody where he's going and that's the end. Huh. So now we get that's where we leave Nightcrawler with this like he's also a big public enemy so if he wants to be a superhero again he has to cover his Fair face. Mask. <laughs> yeah. That's a good setup. I like that. And I, get, I, I give this one I give this one four X's. I really like it. It's set up a lot and I like that there's at least a couple people now who know that Mother Righteous is is up to no good. Yeah, like, but one of them's Legion, right? One of them is Legion. And one no of them one's is gonna Ruth really... and she's crazy too. Yeah. <laughs> or they think she's crazy, I should say. Yes. Um and I don't know how much Nightcrawler and like Pixie in them know right yeah. now. So, Maybe they're more suspicious than knowing. Yeah. But yeah, if Legion runs up with a theory about the woman who saved everyone's actually evil, no one's gonna believe them. Yeah, gotta see. But I, I do, I do hope this is setting up for Legion is the hero. That'll be nice at the end of it because like so many stories end with Legion basically fucking everything up, and then we get the Age of Apocalypse or the Age of X Man or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it'll be a nice redemption, like a full circle redemption kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, he, and they should bring Proteus along along with that. Frankly, he needs a little redemption too. That would be interesting. He, I think being part of the five has kind of been his redemption. I, I honestly wish, like, uh, like all I keep thinking about whenever they bring up Moira lately is like, we really need to see more of how the, uh, Proteus is dealing with the fact that his mother is like public enemy number one right now. That, but also like, it would be kind of cool if we had like maybe just a one shot, just a one shot about the five. Yeah. And before, how they're handling shit. Like, I feel like yeah. every year we should have got that. Every era of X. Truly. Yeah. That would have been kind of cool if we got like a little side story about what they're dealing with now. Yeah. Uh, or even you can even still do a one shot and each like part of the book takes place 
at different points. Mm. That's what, like cool. the gala could be something like that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And we are back after a nice little break of a few days because life happens. We just had to really take some time with these books. Like you and I, we had our our brood discussion and we got really heated. Got real heated. And we needed just to take some up. time. And I, I I want you to know that I've thought about it some more and I just I, I think you're so wrong. I think I, I don't know how you could be like this. <laughs> and I, I don't really know how much more podcast we have left in us at this point. So where do we go from here, Nick? What what do we do? <laughs> Well, we have to find a common ground. And I think that common ground is that Storm is a badass. Storm is a badass. You're right. You know what? I'm coming back. I'm coming yep. back. We're 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 healing. We're we're mending these fences. Um since we've had a two-day gap, do you want to tell the listeners what your birthday gift was from me? Oh hell yeah, I do. All right. So, in the meantime, as you if you started this episode in our going with it through the through the end you Thank started you. and it was like two days before my birthday and now we have passed my birthday so um your boy nick sent sent me uh a, an action figure because he knows i won't get them on my own sure and so uh this one was you all know how much i love the generation x kids i got my boy Jono. i got chamber as a badass marvel legends action figure right it's marvel legends line right yeah um so now I have the animated series version of Jubilee. Check. I got Chamber. Check. So now I'm feeling like this is the start of, we know it ain't going to be me, but this is the start <laughs> of somebody. <laughs> this is me sure. trying to trick you into. <laughs> it's not going to work. What you're doing is basically <laughs> deciding what you're going to get me for the next several gift giving occasions, which is <laughs> the rest of the Gen X team, apparently. I mean, apparently enough people like it that they're making them into figures, so. I know, man. I, is there a sync one yet? A sync one? No. It's not Everett doesn't have one yet? I don't think he's ever had one, no. Uh, um, what's her name? M? Monet? I know Monet. I saw, I saw her name on this package, so she definitely has one from whatever yeah, line in this way. was. We know Jubilee probably has several. Yeah, she has like uh, a, a few, yeah. Emma Frost obviously has to have some out there. Mm-hmm. And then, he's about three figures, yeah. Okay, Banshee. I'm sure he's got some, right? Banshee actually doesn't have a regular one. He has the one I showed you in that three pack in oh, the yeah, '90s yeah, but he doesn't uniform. Have his, but he doesn't have his weird ass little flying outfit. Yeah, but the fact that they made the one for that three pack means they're definitely gonna make a regular one soon. I hope so. Especially like it does seem like they, you know, like might be pushing Generation X a little bit. Someone, and so then what? Asking. We got uh, then skin. No skins. That no would be interesting. Skin's going to be a hard skin. one, right? Yeah. Uh, and then there's Husk. She'd probably be a fairly easy one to do. Yeah, she'd be fair. Penance, but you can throw that in with uh, with Monet. Am I missing anybody? I feel like I, I, feel like I got You're telling me. Anyway. I have no idea. Is, um... I, think I, I think I them all those kids. And the teachers, too. And their little dog, too. But <laughs> <laughs> um, after that, I'm going to help you get started on some uh, new mutants. Oh, oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Anywho, so anyway, speaking of mutants, we are covering yeah, Immortal we better be. X-Men. That's literally what this podcast is about. Right? <laughs> We're covering Immortal X-Men number 11. And this begins our journey into Storm just being a bad bitch. So, this begins our journey into Storm's journey of uh, reasserting herself. <laughs> yeah. 
this so, this is this is a little two in two issue mini arc of storm basically being like I, I can't leave you motherfuckers alone for two seconds yeah i leave for two seconds and literally everything goes to shit so we start off with storm and rasputin basically she's like all right i got caught up on everything let them all out real quick which Honestly, while I was reading it for a second, I'm like, did I miss an issue? Like, I was like, when did we agree to let them out? It felt, yeah, I was a little bit like, wait, what did I? I went and like checked that. That's how I found out fall, where Fall of X was because I was started to hear it. I'm like, what the, what did I miss? I went to look at the issue checklist. Yeah. And then like, you're like, didn't they just go in literally? <laughs> I just saw those motherfuckers get pulled in. So now um, Hope, Emma, Xavier, and Exodus have been released from the pit. They're like psychically held together or whatever. And they're being brought to Forge. And Forge is putting them kind of like in the root, like the base root of a tree on Krakoa, where he's trying to just study every atom and see where the sinister gene is. I love, and and, and I know it's been like this from Hawksbox, but I truly love Forge's little krakoa technology that he's been able to come up with like oh, yeah. his entire computer system based on uh vegetation and Krak- like uh, again this is another thing though if we're looking at the fall of x uh foreshadowing if if krakoa falls in some way so does this technology because like a lot of it it's, it's not just there, because yeah. it's trees you know what i mean it's not just like oh i know how to manipulate vegetation now it's well this one is a sentient mutant circuit that we've been able to you know what i mean like so it's it's not like he can just recreate this with like some fucking grass he found in central park that we know of yeah i mean whenever wherever this all leads to but it I'm is sure forged, so. yeah i'm sure there will be i don't want to say repercussions like uh residual effects so for some hypothetically if all of krakoa burns away they're gonna still be able to use certain technologies when it's convenient what? for the writer all right let's real quick just quick detour i'm sorry i know Good we're work. already going long <laughs> but pre- presuming the fall of x is the end of the Krakoa era and it's a hard reset of some kind what one thing do you hope stays what one Krakoa era thing do you hope stays and not and i don't mean like storytelling wise like i hope the creators stay or whatever but like like the tech or the resurrections or the quiet council or the Iraqi. I guess, I guess if anything, Araka would be yeah, me like too. keep Mars. Yeah. Like, and, and I know wise, it fought, like we know, Jesus Christ, I don't know if the microphone's picking up my dog having a crazy snoring fit right now. <laughs> um, but we know based on the sins of sinister timeline, and again, who knows how much will change, um, that Araka does fall. Yeah. Like so we do know that. I don't know how much, you know, is going to change now in this timeline, whatever fucking one we're in anymore. Um but I I I I hope in some way I would be awesome if Araco the planet could stay. Yeah. I don't have high hopes for that, but I do hope that the Iraqi mutants stick around. I could see it as, staying as a culture. Only... Yes. As I a subculture staying... of mutant kind. As a not plot device, but like because it's on Mars, it wouldn't affect any other writer's storytelling ability for any book in the Marvel Universe. And it's a nice like flavor to add. Like, by the way, in the Marvel Universe, Mars isn't Mars anymore. It's a whole other planet mainly full of mutants. Like, yeah, 
like in um even though no one's gonna know what i'm talking about but in the valiant comic universe there's a ring around the whole planet and that ring is like pieces of a broken spaceship during a major battle during the what's called the armor wars and like that flavor of when you look at the planet in valiant again no one cares about valiant comics. how fucking you read enough valiant in your life to know this i had a weird year where i got really into valiant that is in for when i need to know more about this when was this <laughs> it was a while ago it's like this is when i was like actively trying to write comics like i know the or the former owner of valiant uh-huh and then he sold the company and i was like well that made this whole thing there goes all my fucking research basically um but no no i got really into it i I read the uh bloodshot stuff by jeff lemire at that time um all the stuff with armor wars and um the people who aren't mutants but they're definitely mutants harbinger the harbinger books yeah yeah i have like i never got into them but i have several of those i i have several of those things so basically i jumped in during their version of new 52 uh yeah so archer and i forgot the other guy's name archer and something i don't know know. yeah a whole bunch of books it's a fun universe but all of my valiants like literally anything i've ever seen or read of valiant are is from like the 80s or early 90s (laughs) yeah but yeah in the valiant universe is a big ring around the planet full from a broken spaceship and like it's really jarring in a good way when you get to insane. see that. It adds some flavor to that universe. It's a little this insane. Is insane. This is insane. But I think someone, <laughs> I think someone just coming into the Marvel universe can be like, "Oh, what's going on here? Oh, by the way, Mars is totally different than what you would think it is." I would like stuff like that. This is insane information, audience. I don't know if we're gonna be able to get past this. <laughs> I'll take a picture for you later about my giant stack of Valiant trades. Oh my god! I, I, yes, please. <laughs> I will I'm, say I'm making note of, of I'm making note of, of this right now. This is I'm not gonna take this out of the podcast. I I'm making note of this, so I make sure I, I highlight this in the description of the podcast. For all those valiant people searching. Oh, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a it. fuck. I don't give a fuck if it costs us listeners at this point. <laughs> if you're you if go. you're not here for our valiance, then you don't deserve our storm coverage. Well, you know what, mutant fans, if you like like the classic idea of X-Men, read the most re- recent version of Harbinger. It's basically X-Men. True. Like base very, very close to X-Men without being called it. <laughs> so it's yeah. legally not X-Men. Yeah. They're just teenagers who happen to work together, who happen to develop powers based off evolution. Anyway, so back to uh, Immortal X-Men. So <laughs> Forge. Kind of gave a good news, bad news. Like any good doctor. <laughs> like good news, I got the thing out of you. The sinister virus. Forge is your doctor. I'm sorry. Exactly. Um, just the bedside manner. Holy shit, <laughs> It'd be awful. Be worse <laughs> than Doctor Nemesis. Holy fuck, just the worst. And he's like, "Good news is I got it out. Bad news is I maybe didn't get it out. <laughs> <laughs> bad news is I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know because apparently he was using a." pocket dimension oh my god none of genes. it makes sense none of it makes <laughs> it sense, make any fucking sense. It, i i've read the data page several times it's only three little paragraphs <laughs> and it still doesn't actually make sense it doesn't make any fucking sense but yeah basically he's like yeah we i can't really be sure maybe one day but as of right now 
you could still turn to Sinister, but yeah, because the only the only thing he knows is what he found, and he don't know if that's real, not if it's a trap, if it's a if there's yeah. another thing. He's like, all all I can do is tell you I got one thing, dude. <laughs> so we get to a part in this book that I really appreciate because one thing I one of my major issues I had with Judgment Day was I felt like there was no repercussion. It happened and then it was wiped away, and that was it. The only repercussions that. we've gotten from Judgment Day thus far, I would say... People know about Resurrection. Is people know about Resurrections, which is a big... Let's be honest. Let's go. It's a big... Re- but in fairness, that happened in Hellfire Gala. It, it did. Um, and then the other thing was we got... Um, Mister. Sin- we got basically Sins of Sinister because the main reason Sinister didn't want to like reset his Moriar to begin with and things got out of control is because he his last save point was pre judgment day and he didn't want to survive day again <laughs> like he doesn't know if he would, it literally was he, the only rationale he ever gave was I don't want to do that again <laughs> so my favorite part of this issue maybe is the fact that Storm's like hey, hey, hey guys since you've been technically cleared I'm going to come in this room and I want you to see everything that happened in the sins of sinister essentially and i like... love that mutant technology is such that <laughs> mother <laughs> righteous can come to them with a bunch of magic books that tell the history of of the sins of sinister timeline and they are able to turn it into a movie by psychically pulling the images both out of mother righteous's mind and books because again she wasn't there for all of it um yeah, a lot and... of like how who was filming this at the time? <laughs> so like that's what I'm saying. Like so, I'm gonna go ahead and just throw the notion that it, this is legitimate film out. Like it, nobody's filming it. This is some mutant out there has the power to take the m- memories and turn them into a film. <laughs> yeah, there is like a, a a Kubrick level mutant. <laughs> and one day when we see this mutant, if his name isn't Stan or Cube, <laughs> I don't want anything to do with it. That's it. Yeah. So she's like, no, or, we're going to do this the quick way. Or his name could be Rosebud. <laughs> anyway, so she's like, or I there. want you guys or to there. sit here and watch this whole film, however long it was. I want you to see everything. I want you to really see. I don't want you to just get a quick psychic reading of it. I want you to see everything you guys did. Well, we know it's a Marvel movie, so it was at least three hours long. At least three hours long. It had many epic sagas. Um, and by the end of it, these at least these four people got to see um what happened when they're at their worst. Oh and man, it's I have some movie. opinions about each person's reaction to it. And I'll oh. say right now, I think Emma handles it the best. Because of, of course. course she does. And she gave a great explanation for why she does too. Yeah, hundred percent. So, first reaction is Exodus and Hope, and Hope is pissed. Uh, Hope has I the think, worst reaction. <laughs> exactly. I think it's extremely unfair because, like, everyone ignores, yeah, you were all had a gene inside you that makes you not you. It makes or, you the worst you. Or the worst you possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, that's like saying someone's mind-controlled and blaming them for it. It's a weird thing to be mad about. It's a slippery slope, I'm going to be honest. It's a slippery yeah. slope. So she's pissed off because she probably saw that Exus left her for dead and like took over the universe and all that yeah. shit. Yeah, she did you know? see that. Not probably. Our yeah. boy, our boy Rosebud, aka Cube, made sure of it. But then also, at the same time, 
Hope had to have seen every terrible thing she did. She did a bunch <laughs> of terrible shit too. That's different. That's different. Because <laughs> um, she was also getting cool, like fucking like weapons that she built into her body just to be just to be more like Cable. <laughs> so then Storm informed Xavier, "Hey, by the way, since we don't know what's going to happen with you, you're no longer able to vote on the council. But it would look really bad if all of a sudden." Three, four high-ranking members just disappeared. So we're gonna keep on the council for show, but you have no real vote. I'm gonna be honest with you. So, like in both of these books, I don't disagree with a single thing Storm's done. What in Storm these, does, no. in, in these books, in these yes, books. yes, I agree. Leading up to these books, do I have some disagreements with Storm? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. So. Uh, they accept that, and when they go to the council room, they see Destiny, and Storm is pissed. And I love this interaction, because at the very end, basically, the blame gets reshifted. Destiny found a way to reshift the blame back to them. So they're pissed off because they know that she knew that Sinister had all the different Moira, the Moira engine, whatever. Yes, And she's basically like, yes, but now knowing what happened in the future... I probably planned out this exact outcome. So you know what? You're welcome. <laughs> Perfect. Destiny is a genius. And <laughs> she is the like Destiny is this the master at getting out of conversations too cuz she yeah. ends this one with by saying this meeting ends now. And yeah. Storm is like uh no, it ends when I say it is and she's like mm no, not really. Charles, do you have anything you would like to add? And Charles is like, oh, fuck, I'm getting a psychic thing here. There's a big battle happening. Like, <laughs> Oh, man, it's getting crazy Destiny outside. Destiny <laughs> could just be like, yeah, I I know what's happening right now out in the world, and uh, I know we're done here. Bye. And uh, Sinister's engine's not a thing. She has a clear vision of the future. And she does, which yeah. is good and bad news. Yeah, good and bad news, yeah. Also, side note, does she know about Mother Righteous? She should, right? I'm not sure. I'm and not sure. That's, that's one I'm just not sure how that would work. Because she seemingly understands the choices she made. Well, I think, she, I yes, she understands the choices she made based on the information she's getting about those choices. Basically, what Destiny is doing is like, I know myself so well that if I did X, Y, if you're telling me I did X, Y, or Z in the Sinister timeline, this is why I did it, and it was for the best, and you're welcome. Yeah, I, lo- I, was, I love that reaction. So in the meantime, Hope is now fighting Exodus outside, and she is just flat-out pissed. And at the same time... Calls him a Judas. Yes. We'll go to the Mystique stuff after. Um, so Exodus and Hope fighting outside. She's pissed off, and eventually... Exus is kind of like, I'm not going to fight you. Like, you are the savior. I'm not going to fight you. And she's like, bitch, I'll fight you hand to hand. And he's like, come on. I'm like three times your size. And I love this because Hope is just like, I trained with my father who's bigger than you, bitch. And just like beats the shit out of him. Her obsession with Cable is out of control. <laughs> it she, is. It, it's... It was on full display during the Sins of Sinister reign and it has. they haven't reeled it back in yet. No, and I and I'm starting to get a little like, uh, Kieran and Al Ewing are just like, <laughs> especially Kieran. He's just like Hope has issues with Cable. She's got daddy issues, and we're never gonna let her resolve them. Now that old man Cable is back, yeah, we're never gonna let them interact now. 
that's one thing but also the fact that yeah she was raised by him and kind of only him in a barren wasteland for like oh yeah now i'm not saying she is unfounded don't get me wrong hope is is traumatized beyond traumatized like it's not um, her fault it's just it's it's you're you're highlighting it so much that you you please do something with this soon yeah and storm also tries to shock hope to make her stop fighting but basically straight up straight up because she knows how strong they both are right now and yeah invincible she straight up like hits them with like just pure fucking lightning and says like hey guys you're fucking doing this in public right now people can see you yeah like just like like when any time you're at dinner with that awkward couple that's always fighting you know what i mean like just like (laughs) guys guys come on man chill come on (laughs) and um but again like i was saying before i this is a an extreme reaction from hope while i feel like exodus is kind of like i'm sorry but also i didn't do anything you know (laughs) exodus has the most normal reaction yeah like which is crazy (laughs) which is yeah which is wow that has really made me think about myself and it's really horrible but like we all know that like wasn't us though right like like that didn't happen anymore yeah we are now and we can now make decisions about ourselves knowing what the worst of us looks like so like if anything you know what another reason i'm actually this is this might be kind of like bringing my ranking down a little bit because out of all people hope should understand that different timeline versions of someone don't represent that person i mean that's a when you're right you're right right like you've met uh what strife you've met strife before right let's well let's all right so then with that in mind let's give let's 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 give kieran some credit here and maybe this reaction is a projection from hope because she saw how awful she was and how much and she saw how much she gave into being worshipped and Mm -hmm. i think her her pushing away so hard at exodus is probably her being mad at herself and being disappointed in herself so after this, we have Mother Righteous and Mystique having a little meetup. And before things get um, a little too tense, she gives Mystique a message. The message that Destiny gave uh, Mr. Sinister in the future. Yep. Which um, is not going to have a great reaction because she'll hear a lot of half information. She'll also hear I. She'll also hear her beloved Destiny, Irene making a deal with Sinister, who Mystique hates very much. Um, And she'll also hear that Destiny killed, allowed trillions upon trillions of people to suffer and die because she didn't want Mystique to die. And I don't think Mystique is going to like that. And Irene knows she ain't going to like that either. Yes. So we come to a conversation between Emma and Storm. And Storm's kind of like, you're taking this pretty well. And I like her reasoning. She's like, I've been the bad guy before. I'm used to the shame of being a bad guy. But that wasn't me being a bad guy. We had our worst intentions unlocked by Sinister. Like, yeah, that's what that is. Like, <laughs> And we'll get into Xavier's reaction next issue. I think we will be better for that. Um or lack thereof responsibility, whatever. So Emma says this, but also kind of bounces some shit back at Storm. Hey, by the way, 
this all happened under your watch. You weren't sinister, and it took you five years to figure it out. Five whole years. Man, she really turned that fucking shit around on Storm. Yeah, that was a big turnaround. Like, so while you're off on a different planet handling all that shit, and you come here and judge us, maybe you should redirect that blame a little bit. Maybe you need to be better. And it's just like, God damn it. When Emma's right, Emma's right. <laughs> and and be and she's right because she calls her out on basically like, you have divided duties right now. So are you really giving your all to anyone? Yeah. And and she and and on top of that, she was very clear when she told um god damn it. All right. And she was very clear when she told Mystique that um hold on. I got right that time. And she was very clear when she told. um, All right, fuck, where were we? I've already written the time down. I have to re-edit. My phone started ringing and messed everything up. Oh, sorry. Um, When Emma was talking to. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so Emma tells her she's got divided loyalties right now between Arako and Krakoa. And she was brought on to the Krakoan council because she, her skills, her her history with the X-Men, her leadership ability, her dedication to the mutant race is why she was brought onto the Krakoan council and she's not there. Yeah. So she's choosing in Emma's view. And again, I'm not saying this is right or wrong on this one, but in Emma's view, she's choosing these new mutants, if you will, for lack of a better term, <laughs> the Araco mutants uh over her mutants her earth her the people that she's lived with her whole life and that kind of correlates a little bit with some of her anger at charles in the next issue as well yes um before we get to another conversation i'm going to wrap up the storm section which basically she decides hey i need someone to be a representative for me someone i know has the same moral compass as i do that speaks for me when i'm not here and she picks colossus which I don't know if this is good or bad because I'm not reading X Force. Well, here's one thing: I, for some reason, I thought Colossus was already on the council. He and is, he, but she's, and because he's on the council, she's presenting. She's so basically that he can take saying, the vote, you, two votes. you vote okay. for your, you vote your way, and then you know what I'm going to do anyway." So, okay, and it makes sense because they came on the team at the same time. Yeah, the same. and she's always. I mean, I don't know. You know, again, I haven't kept up very strong in the in the two thousands, but definitely in the in the early days, she has always referred to Colossus as little brother. Yeah, so, then he um, died for a bit and came back. Yeah, I mean that's like that's family to her. Like she does love Colossus is one of her faves. Nightcrawler, Colossus, Kitty, those are like some of her like deep fave people. And also, you notice those are the people who in any group are still the outsiders, the foreigners, basically, mm-hmm. other than Kitty. But even yeah. then, you know, there's differences there. I mean, so. they don't do anything with it anymore, but and I would love to see it happen some more. But Storm and Jean are also like super tight, but they don't really cover that friendship much anymore. I think like the, the like I said before, the Colossus and Nightcrawler stuff makes sense because like we're the foreigners in a new land and a new situation, you know? Yeah. That, that bond makes sense. So also an interesting conversation in this book is between Mother Righteous and Sebastian Shaw, who is basically like, hey, I've seen empires collapse. This is going to go bad. And I want to make sure when everything's go bad, I'm on top. 
and while Mother Righteous is very curiously studying all the gates. Yeah. But yeah. she's also aware of what just happened too, that Nimrod um just infected or had access to the Krakoan gates at one point, or has and, and has access to to Warlock. So I don't know. I, I truly don't know what her game is at any point other than I guess she wants to be Dominion as well, you know? Yeah, she's she's definitely playing everyone really she's playing everything close to the chest right now. <laughs> and yeah, I give this issue four X's. Four and a half. Give it four and a half X's. I'm gonna give it five. I, I, I think after exploring it some more and really thinking more about Hope's motivations as well in this book, I think I think it did a lot. I think it did a lot in in and the art was fucking phenomenal as well. Yeah, art was very good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think one of the in this retrospect on it as well, I think so. We're we're building to the fall, or we're in the fall of X, but I guess we're still in the before the fall. So prelude to the fall. Yeah. So the fall the fall of X is coming, and they're very specifically not saying fall of Krakoa, um, but we we see that on the horizon. But also in all these issues lately, there's been like the other thing falling are these strong pillars like yeah. relationships you know mm-hmm. what i mean like and this book mystique and destiny just that's the first crack right there yeah in the uh, in the book we covered several days ago or just about an hour ago if you're listening to the podcast um in x-men 21 g that's gene and scott splitting now the rogue and gambit miniseries i'm not caught up but early indications were there was going to be some tension there so like there could be like there might be this building of like fractured relationships which you know if they can't work as a team how can they defend this dream you know man well i kind of hope it's leading to some sort of civil war honestly like just a pure ideological civil war that really pushes every mutant to their limit i could see that being like the end game right now you know because like we from what we do know about the immediate future is that orcus is involved and orcus basically disrupts krakoa and makes the public turn and hate Krakoa. And we see how they're doing that already. Um, So there's going to be that. And there's going to be whatever rallying cry there is for the mutants and the Avengers, I guess, to to beat Orcus. But I do think after that, like that's when there should come, like I know we've done it with Schism and we've done it before, but there's there's going to have to come this like division of like Arako and Krakoa maybe even. You know maybe. what I mean? Like, I don't know. All right, next up. We are talking X-Men Red number 11. Take it away, Josh. All right. So we continue with our Storm uh, Magnificent Opus here because both books are just really highlighting all the good and and bad of Storm during this run. So we open with Storm going on a date with, uh, I know his first name is Craig. I don't remember. Craig Marshall. Um, he is the human NASA scientist that we met during Judgment Day. So here's another Judgment Day payoff. <laughs> when Arako was being attacked and um, he he saved like a small village of of young and young Arako mutants that don't have like warrior powers, basically. And so he's here on a date with uh, Storm. Storm is very elegantly dressed, uh, to say the least. Um it and looks amazing. Just the art, like fashion design on this fucking, like, and and home and God bless Craig for showing up in in a 
in a button down. That's not even a button down, like a, a polo shirt and a fucking and some slacks. And well, Storm also ready like for the Hellfire to, Gala. You have to think like I'm about to go on a date with a woman who's essentially a goddess, and she used to be the queen. Of mean she's been on dates with a king. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like he got he holds his own, man. He holds his own. But I love I love that this like this one is told through Storm's perspective. So we get some of her inner monologue, and when she says some cheesy like pickup line toward him. Uh, she she's then grateful that the the waiter comes and interrupts her because she says, "Thanks for saving me from that line." Kurt would have blushed. I love that she's even thinking of Nightcrawler here. Of like, oh, even Kurt would have been like, "Mein goof, that's that's a bad, that's uh that's a bit much." Um, and so during her date, while she's honestly just seeming like she's catching up with somebody she enjoys, there doesn't really seem to be a whole lot of um it's genuine here. like yeah genuine joy just having a regular time with the person you seem to like yeah yeah she just they bait they're they're catching up on what's going on in their perspective uh worlds when what should appear but the giant fucking floating head of charles xavier telepathically calling out to storm to say now sorry to, to say, hey, Storm, if you have a minute, you remember when you said I could talk to you? I want that to be now. Come yeah, last now. issue, she wanted to talk about um, Magneto dying. And he's like, yes. I'm not ready. We'll talk when I'm ready. But then, like, next issue, yo, I'm ready. <laughs> I know. And and what I love most about that, too, and they go so well together. So, like, this, these two, I love the X office right now. Is, it's definitely sharing notes, and that's good. Um. Because after Xavier basically is like, I'll call you when I want to talk. Storm Storm's inner monologue in that last book was like, oh, there he is again. Like fucking despicable. Like she is in that book like, God, I'm so fucking fed up with this guy. And it continues here when he interrupts her date and basically says, come see me now. And so she's like, you know what, Craig? And and this is the best exit someone like Storm could give, right? Like if Storm's gonna like leave you high and dry on a date, you know the date was still good because Storm says, We'll have to save it for the second date. And then she takes off. She doesn't doesn't say, perhaps I will see you again or anything like that. Um, just see you on the second date. <laughs> Which good job, Craig. And so she she goes i'm going to just keep i'm going to keep on that storyline and then i'll come back to the second storyline of the book um and so she goes to see charles and as soon as she gets there it, charles is like oh thank you aurora for meeting me i hope i didn't interrupt anything important and storm's like oh if it were something as important as i don't know taking me away from the people who needed me to make sure their crops could grow so that people would have food you know, back when back in I forget what country she was in, somewhere in Africa, when Charles came to her and was like, Hey, your other people need you. And she's like, Okay, fine, I'll leave. Um, he's like, You're still mad at me about that when I took you away from your people. So you could, as I still say here, come um, I will also say that this issue shows a little bit of Storm's arrogance because we see She's like, you told me I wasn't a god and I had to leave my people. Well, yeah, motherfucker, you're not a god. Like, 
you are amazing in what you can do, but you are not a god. And as we'll get to the, in the conversation later, he's like, did we not save lives of billions of people, save the world over and over again? Like, I wasn't necessarily wrong. Like, I didn't manipulate you. <laughs> I need you to do something. I need you when we're done recording. I need you to sit in some quiet and think about what happened in this recording session. You have defended genocide. <laughs> And you have taken Charles Xavier's side. I'm showing they're both being arrogant. Both of them are wrong. I just just take Storm time. is more right in this conversation, but I think this portion of it, I agree with Xavier and the idea of like you did do more good. You literally saved the world multiple times. If you weren't here, we wouldn't have won. Like if she was back home watering crops, the world would be gone. Nothing to water. So, just, you know, I just really want you to sit with this. Okay. That's all. That's all I'm asking. Um, First no, of it, all, it, feeling judged. Second it, of all, and, and the you rest are. of this so, book. Good yes. job. Good job for feeling that because it's coming to you. Um, <laughs> but the rest of the book, I'm on Storm's side. No, no. And, I, and I'm with you. I like, yes, the great, yes, the Storm done more good for the literal galaxy. Yes. Um, but Charles has got to understand where she's coming. Like, you, Charles, come on, man. Like, she's clearly, you're a fucking psychic. If you can't tell that Storm has had it up to here with your shit right now, that that's because you're fucking too arrogant to see. Yes. And also, it's almost like, and many people deal with that. I deal with it sometimes in my own personal life. When a parent doesn't realize you're older, you're not a teenager anymore. And they They're feel like they can talk to you and treat you a certain way without any real respect there's 100 percent that going on in this yeah and it's like she's over that shit you're not my father does. i've done i i basically run a planet i don't fucking need your bullshit and I'm you're still calling councils. me like yeah and like you're still calling me like to me my x-men i'm down the hall yeah and then to that point she even says too i'm not one of your because he he orders her to tell her what Charles, what what yeah. Max is, as he wants to be called, his his given name, but Eric is Magneto. She yeah. he wants to know what Magneto's last words were, and he orders her to tell him. And she's like, "Bitch, I'm not an X Men anymore, and you're also not the X Men's leader anymore. Yeah. So really, what, where do you get off?" And he's like, "You know, I could just take your thoughts if I wanted them." And she's like, "Bitch, please try. I I I beg of you to try." <laughs> And well, and also, so I really he love this conversation because again the back and forth of how two people can be right at the same time. Magneto, oh, not Magneto. Xavier's point of view right now is the fact that my oldest We're friend. Doing this again? Doing no, no, this wait, again. wait. No, this it goes both ways because my oldest friend that I've known my whole life, and you've fucking been friends with him like real tight with him for like a few months. You're not gonna tell me his last fucking words. Like who? Where do you get off? treating me like that but then on the flip side it's where do you get off assuming i have to do anything you say yep like it's two people that have point of views that you can understand like no one's blatantly wrong in that again, conversation until he tries to invade her mind then he's blatantly wrong <laughs> yeah and and in her mind and and again she okay i understand it charles like you have to tell me what my friend's thoughts were um but she was there and she knows damn well that Magneto was like things aren't looking good for Chuck can you keep an eye on him so like why is she gonna want to be like 
I trust you. Like Meg, as he's saying, this was my oldest friend. Like his oldest friend was already like, mm, I'm not liking where this is heading. So he tries to take her thoughts, which leads to one of the best like little art splash pages I've ever seen or not ever seen, but in a long time. And it repurposes old panels from old seventies and eighties comics when storm was, you know, on the X-Men and Charles was the leader and her basically saying, I am a goddess or duel all the time. She basically beat the shit out of people. <laughs> um, and repels Xavier back. And he's like, how you pushed me out of your mind. How did you do it? And storm is like, was that your Xavier? <laughs> it is going to be now. Yeah. All right. <laughs> And and Storm is like, I don't know, bitch. You taught this is how you taught me to do it. This is yeah, like you, you literally taught us how to do this. It's called the Red Triangle Psychic Defense. Remember, bitch, you taught it to me like very early on. And, and she tells him too, like you taught it to me in case we ever encountered an evil psychic or telepath or a telepath that's lost its way, his way. I like you, Charles. Like you. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes on to a big old fucking soliloquy about how um, he's sad that his friend is dead and he feels guilty because he doesn't know it is sinister gone. It's all up to him now to steer this ship and which storm calls him out on. And he's like, I, I, I fucked up, man. I went to fucking <laughs> Mr. Sinister. I gave him the keys to the kingdom and but I know also I was he's wrong. shifting a lot of blame to like, Maybe all their shit's because I already have sinister in me, and that's why. And it's like, oh yeah, he definitely no. wanted to be like, maybe it was there the whole time, and that's why I've been a prick. Yeah, basically. But no, no, Charles. <laughs> that's the way be- out. It's because you're a prick. Um, but he does basically say too, like at any point, I could have just forcibly gone into sinister's mind and done whatever I wanted, found out whatever I wanted. I could have fucking done it whenever, and I didn't because I thought I was being the moral high ground and what has it gotten us, but trillions upon trillions of dead people. And then he's, he's done feeling sorry for himself um, for now. And storm says to him, all right, you know what? You made me feel pretty pathetic for you. So um, I'm going to tell you what your boy Max said. He basically said, kind of <laughs> to an extent, uh, keep an eye on Chuck. And, and Charles is like, so he knew, he knew I was infected with the with the sinister gene. She's like, mm, no, he knew you were you. And he knew that with him gone and and Moira gone, you were going to do exactly what you're doing right now. So uh, I'm going to go. And don't you ever fucking come to Araco again. And then she yeah. fucking and then she fucking takes off. And uh, so that's the end of that story. Another line. fracture another another fracture exactly um and now it's a fracture in many ways between Krakoa and Arako so like to a degree yeah she's just banished a Krakoan leader from her planet while she sits on both councils technically still I could see that having some ramifications just a bit it's a little awkward okay so the other storyline a much more fun (laughs) storyline So the other thing happening in this book is is one sunspot, Roberto da Costa, chilling in in a hot spring with uh, Richard Ryder, uh, yeah. one of the Nova Corps. Um, I guess is he the, currently the Nova? I don't I don't know how these things. I don't work. know. If, 
of the Nova. I think they uh, the most of them died recently. I'd, I'd say he is the Nova. He's the or at Nova, least the right? the main lead. He's the He's Hal main... Jordan of the Green Lantern Corps. Okay, thank you, thank you. Because yeah. I I don't know much about the Nova Corps. I'm going to be honest, everybody. Um, and so he basically is is giving a recap of what's happening in the Guardians book, according to the little uh caption, and uh he so he, he has his and they're also chilling in the hot tub with um. Oh God, I forgot his name. One of the Araco mutants who we've seen before. He's he's pretty funny. He's like a big creature looking guy. Can you look his name up? Oh wait, never mind. Kobach never held. Um because he's like a porcupine creature. So how could he be held? Yeah. Um and so he's he's chilling in the hot tub because he's about to have a battle in the in the ring of judgment to sit on the on the uh their quiet council, whatever there's I can't remember what there's called now. Um and so he's he he's just hanging out with them, just just chilling. And at one point, you know, they're both telling him, like, Nova guy, you need to relax. Kobach even says, uh, a warrior who cannot relax can only die. Yeah. And I, I like that actually. And it's a really good fucking sentence. Yeah. And I meant like I didn't read that. I just knew that off the top of my head. I remembered it. <laughs> and so he 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 gets up. And he leaves them with that, and that's when we discover that oh, they're also all here naked in the in the hot in the hot <laughs> springs because Roberto asked them all to be naked, and is very disappointed that Nova is still wearing his helmet. To which Nova says, "I need to wear it so that I have my powers." Like <laughs> I literally like, need it. <laughs> yeah, and Roberto's like, mm, "You just you're just shy." And so uh, yeah, Kobach gets up, says, "I'll see you boys later," and if I don't see it, means I'm dead. So. uh... <laughs> Beat deuces and then he leaves. And at one he got up when he got up, they're like, and we'll never forget you. <laughs> so yeah, and they're like, please don't forget. A good me. View. And they're both staring directly at where his uh his uh his crotch is, and they're like, Oh, we will not forget you. Especially with the art, because the panel where he stands up, Roberto's oh knee is poking out, and I oh. thought it was something else. Oh, yeah, and it's purposely done that way. 110%, yeah. Like they 100 percent drew his knee coming out of there, so it would look like that. <laughs> uh yeah and then and then they put richards there too so they could so they could have get away with it yeah like look no no that's just how they're all sitting <laughs> god bless them these these artists are genius and so their little naked hot tub time is is called uh, or is brought to an abrupt end when the external gate comes crashing to life and this giant pink explosion comes down or up i don't know which way it's heading but there's a big down be- big beam of light coming from the external well, i guess you're right it would gate. come up because because it's coming out of the gate right yeah okay yeah. no but it looks like it's coming down no and the it, other picture looks like it's coming down yeah either way, it, it it doesn't matter it's a fucking it's a comic book um yeah. and so roberto and, and and richard they go to check this out they just put roberto just throws a robe on <laughs> and and nova just puts a shirt on really it seems like and so they go they feel and 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 nova's like oh this is some other world shit this is some like multi-dimensional shit happening here i don't know what's going on and roberto's like i told you it's an external gate dude it goes to other world this is gonna be crazy shit whatever comes out of here and uh what should come and then and then sunspot's like oh fuck it's not gonna be crazy it's gonna be bad news is that what i think it is (laughs) and then the white sword the sword or the white sword isn't called the white sword. The, the person's name was the white sword, but the sword that the white sword had. Remember that? 
I do. <laughs> from Knights of X. The sword that uh, was once wielded by a warrior who could not die and like killed a bunch of fucking people. Is, and when he killed them, they just joined his army, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And somebody has them, and somebody has it, and he's like, I bring the legendary weapon purity as proof of his last words. And so the last words of this warrior were, tell them, tell them all, Genesis is coming. And who is there but our boy John Ironblood from the Sins of Sinister universe? Yes. This took me a second because then I started going back in my memory of like, okay, when would he have been born or around? How early in the timeline did he show up? He's clearly, I mean, he's coming from the external gate. So he could be coming. He He's, I'm going to guess he's coming from Ameth, where that's where Apocalypse and Genesis and, and everybody went, right? Yeah. To continue that war and with whatever it was in Ameth, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what that that's how Knights of X ended, right? Um, or not Knights of X, um X of Swords, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um at least that's how I remember it. I don't remember. So that's in my mind right now, and I and I don't know any more than you do, but in my mind right now, that's that's the realm he's coming from. Mm-hmm. Because that's where this sword last went to, was yeah. So that's that's where I'm coming from. So I think that's he's part of our quote unquote universe. Okay. And this is him coming in. And because we know, and I went back and I looked too, because um there it there this line Genesis is coming re- kind of made me remember there was talk in Sins of Sinister of the Genesis War. And at the time I didn't think of in terms of Genesis as in Apocalypse's genesis i was thinking of like other genesis i want to say that was a branch timeline from one of those charts we see yeah 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 that's right Right? okay yeah from destiny's like puffy cloudy timeline thing mm -hmm. yes i think one of them was the genesis Genesis. war or something like that so this and so that's even more proof of it in my mind so that's what this is i think the prelude to because in the sins of sinister timeline when mother righteous so here she is again. When Mother Righteous is popping around everybody, finding out what their greatest regrets are so that she could fill this book of stories and have leverage on everybody, basically, in in, in our current world. Um, she went to, to him. She went to Ironblood. And she asked him, and he said his greatest regret is, I went and looked it back up. It's in Storm in the Brotherhood, number two. Um, he said his greatest regret was take taking a life in the Genesis war because he did not have enough faith in storm. He didn't have faith in storm. And so he made a decision that still haunted him thousands of years in the future. All right. Yeah. So that's uh, some good setup, I think. No, for because isn't the four horsemen book coming out. Yeah. I think it, it might even be out as we're saying this. I don't know. I know. I think I saw some like, um promotional art recently so it's got to be coming out very soon all right well uh how many x's for that book i'm gonna give this one five x's too man this was a same, good match this same good five batch. x's really good batch this week um storm really popping out of her shell can't wait to review that issue one of storm yeah yeah that came out already right yeah it did i think it came out this week yeah yeah so yeah and we already gave our uh our What's it called? Social media information in the middle we of did. the episode. We so did. Go back if you didn't remember it. 
Um, but yeah, next next episode, we're gonna see if we're gonna do all cartoons or if we're gonna do a mix of cartoon and comics. We'll figure that out soon. You'll know but, when uh, we know. Yeah, but until then, guys, we will see you next.